Hello, I'm Mark Bassingthwaite, the Risk Manager with ALPS, and welcome to another episode of ALPS in Brief, the podcast that comes to you from the historic Florence building in beautiful downtown Missoula, Montana. And it is a pleasure to have the opportunity to visit again via podcast. Um, I, before I get into the topic of, uh, of this podcast, I'd like to share a story uh, and some information about what's going on in my life as a way to set up where we're going to go. Uh, th- let's start with a call that I took earlier this week, and it came from an attorney who um, really wanted to understand if what he was doing in terms of security with his system was uh, sufficient, if there was other things that he could do. And what prompted the call is he went through an experience somewhat similar to what happened to my wife and I a number of years ago. He was the victim of identity theft, had a a tax return filed, fraudulently filed obviously in his name, and uh, some other things had had occurred. One of the mistakes he made, however, was uh, using a complex password now that was not the mistake that's a a great thing but he used it on multiple accounts and as a result of the um, getting his personal information they were also able to get into uh, his uh, work computer and uh, some email was being sent out from his computer under his name trying to scam clients and some businesses he works with out of funds and uh, so that was uh, that was a bit of a mess The other situation that's going on in terms of my own life is, and this is all good, but my wife and I are currently in transition. And we are going through something I think a lot of people are going through in these crazy times. And it has to do with moving. Um, Long story short again, you know, the timing of moving out of one home which has been sold and into a new home which is currently still under construction uh, did not line up as as close as we might have liked so we are uh, currently in transition living in a uh, temporary uh, apartment until things uh, settle down and get finished you know it's 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 quite a change you know, most of our belongings are uh, sitting in storage, and you know we kid around that at some point when we finally get settled and, and uh, the truck unloaded and start unpacking, it'll be like Christmas. We say, I had no idea we had this stuff, so it's going to be fun. But I, I, I began to realize, although I've been telecommuting for many, many years and will continue to do so, this transition into a corporate apartment, and by that I simply just mean it's a small furnished apartment, um, sort of struck me as I'm going through an experience similar to what I think a lot of people did when they had to rapidly transition from the office to working from home in the early days of the pandemic. And uh, there were some things here that as I started to set up and and figure out what was going on, I realized, ooh, wait, there are some security issues that really need to be addressed. Um, So I I thought it's worth talking about some of this. Um, It's, you know, the, the lawyer that called, it was about best practices. You know, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing right? Is there anything else I could uh, be doing? And we had a good discussion and it turns out there were a few things he could do to uh, further secure um, what he was doing. And and again, I, I sit and think, okay, boy, I didn't realize or just wasn't thinking about how much I take for granted giving my old situation and then transitioning. So that's talk about 
what we can do as individuals to make our systems uh, as secure as we can to, to help protect the confidences, the property, the identities of our clients, and of course our own personal information. Uh, you know, so this discussion is not about everything that we can do to secure an office network. Uh, it's more focusing on the day-to-day -day basics, the day-to-day -day things we should all be thinking about that can help um, IT at our firm keep, keep us uh, uh, secure as, as a firm and, and keep our information and the information of our clients uh, private and confidential. So uh, that's, that's look at this. And I want to start with just the basics. And then we'll kind of explore some other things. But the, the basics, it is extremely important that we keep the operating system and the applications that we're running on all these devices current in terms of security patches. So now when I talk about devices, I'm talking about you know the laptops or PCs that we have at home, but even the mobile devices we travel with for vacation or for work trips, um, you know, the smartphones, uh, tablets, you know, all of these things we need to keep current. Um, sometimes we may even need to go out and look for patches. Uh, I have to do that occasionally on uh, applications on our cell phones. But these patches are being issued for a reason and they are often bringing additional security features or updates um, to, to, to close vulnerabilities that have been discovered uh, in prior versions. So absolutely essential. Now, one of the things that a lot of people do, and we all spend all kinds of money nowadays on these smartphones, and there's some crazy awesome phones out there, but we treat them as phones, and we're not always thinking about you know, the fact that this is a pretty robust computer. So we need to make sure that every mobile device and every device in our home that we are using for work has a internet security suite running, and it too should be kept current with all patches. Uh, one side note here, do not rely on free security programs or free VPNs. Uh, there's lots of free stuff out there, uh, even in the security space, uh, and, and you get what you pay for, which is very little when it comes to security. Now, I'm not suggesting that the security software, these free VPNs, don't do what they say they're going to do. Uh, a free VPN will certainly um, encrypt your data stream so that anybody that you know tries to intercept this data stream won't see it. But the company that gives you this free product, there, there's, there's an exchange. And the exchange is they get to monetize and monitor all you're doing. And so you are what they are making money off of. Uh, that's not acceptable and for a lawyer who is practicing law and, and, and in terms of using these devices in the furtherance of practicing the law because that, that information just, uh, no. Uh, so you know, spend the few bucks that it's gonna cost and, and, and be a bit more secure about it all. Turn on full disk encryption. You know, in this day and age when it's one setting on a phone or a, a, a laptop, turn this stuff on, I consider it unethical. I, I truly consider it incompetent not to take the time 
to turn this stuff on. Um, you know, full disk encryption is typically, you know, once you turn your device off and somebody tries to turn it back on, if it's lost or stolen, if they don't have the password to, to decrypt, you know, they your data is protected and your client confidences are protected. So turn that on. Set up the ability to do remote wipes if a device is ever lost or stolen. I mean, doesn't that seem like a no-brainer? Um, take the time to do that. It's, it's again, it's so simple and easy to do. Uh, use strong passwords, long pins, uh, and never use the same password or pin on different devices or accounts. The, the story I just shared with the lawyer who called me, that was the mistake. You know, he was using a, a very complex password, which was great. Uh, but he was using that same password on multiple accounts. You know, if they get one, they have now access to everything. I, that, that makes no sense. So now what is a complex password? Well, you know, best practices would say 16 characters. Uh, we're rapidly approaching 20, the number of people that I work with uh, and know in these, the security space uh, really are saying 20. I routinely am using 20 to 24 on a number of accounts if, if the device or the application will accept that. Uh, and when you say complex, so it, it's in my case, we have 20 characters um, on some of this stuff and it's you know upper lowercase letters it's symbols it's numbers and it's it's going to be very very hard to guess you know there's no um, dictionary words here that that uh, would be easy for a, a hacker to try to figure out so um, a lot of pushback that I get on this is, well, how can I remember all of this stuff? Good Lord, you know, I, I have trouble remembering what I had for breakfast yesterday, Mark. Well, I, I am not kidding you when I say that my wife and I probably manage between 200, 250 complex passwords and, and different usernames. Uh, I, I never repeat, I never use them on the same account, or you know, multiple accounts, this kind of thing. What have I done differently? I use a password manager. Personally, I use RoboForm. There are a number out there that are quite good. Dashlane would be another example. But uh, these programs um, store and manage all these complex passwords for us. Um, and if I need to change a password, it will even do that for me and randomly generate a, a new complex password and memorize it for me. So all my wife and I need to do is remember a very complex, and I, this is a long one, but a very complex uh, passphrase. And uh, that's the keys to the kingdom. It's not written down anywhere. We remember it. You know, there's no stickies. It's all easy. But we have the ability now to, to use um, complex passwords in every aspect of our life on any account and device that uh, it'll work with. Um, turn on two or, or utilize two-factor authentication on all accounts. You know, don't make it easy. And two-factor authentication, we're talking about um, authenticator apps or sending a PIN, you know, as you try to log in your bank account, you get the PIN, or not a PIN, but, a, you know, the, the code, a six-digit code typically on a text message. You know, you don't want to make it easy. If somebody happens to figure out what the password is on, heaven forbid, your IOLTA account, um, you know, and they're trying to steal some money out of them when they're logging in, you know, if they don't have your phone, the text message isn't coming to them. You know, so it's just one extra level of protection. And I'm telling you, now, 
TFA, you can hack it. There, it, it's it. Using that doesn't mean you're 100% secure, but you are exponentially more secure than not using TFA. Um, so absolutely use that on every and work personal account that you can in terms of that it's available email accounts financial accounts in terms of investment bank accounts and those kinds of things uh, are obvious key places where you would want to do that install a vpn and a vpn and that stands for virtual private network and it is a software program that will encrypt your data stream um, so that if you are uh, well i'm going to talk about this a bit more in terms of wi-fi momentarily but um, it, it just makes sure that the sessions when we are on the internet then you know that the data stream is encrypted again we're trying to make it ever more complex so those are some basic things to, to think about but now I, I want to shift gears a little bit and explore you know as lawyers we, we do take vacations and we travel for business and you know there's some exposures that come up here as well you could be staying in an Airbnb in a hotel this goes on so a couple of quick behavioral comments things that we can do never use a public computer I'm thinking about uh, you know the business center at the uh, at the resort in Cabo or at the uh, hotel in DC, whatever it might be, uh, or even um, you know local libraries. There's all sorts of places where public computers are available. Um, absolutely not acceptable uh, in terms of practicing law, communicating with clients. Uh, these things are very very difficult to, to keep secure. Anybody can come in and do all kinds of stuff. Um, uh, so I would just not use them at all. I literally, if I had my own firm and was, you know, in charge of things here, uh, I would have one warning and do it twice. You're fired if, if somebody, anybody were using a public computer for work. It's, it's that high risk. Uh, no public Wi-Fi. No open... You know, I, I'm talking about the airport. I'm talking about the signal at the hotel. I'm talking about Starbucks, those kinds of things. We absolutely cannot use this if it, any alternative exists. And there are alternatives. Um, and I, I won't get into what all the risks are, but it, it's very, very insecure and very high risk. So what's an alternative? Well, when I travel, a lot of things, uh, or a lot of times what I will do is um, connect my laptop to my smartphone. I'm using my smartphone then as a, a hotspot. And so the data stream will be sent through the, or, you know, using the, the carrier signal, you know, AT&T, Verizon, whatever carrier you have, uh, far more secure than the, the local uh, Wi-Fi hotspot. If, however, and I can appreciate at times, there are some circumstances where it may not be an option and you, you really must use Wi-Fi. Um, there are some interesting ethics opinions out there that talk about this, but uh, it, it is um, ex an acceptable risk with certain conditions. And the, the two big ones are this. Make sure that you know what the legitimate signal is. You know, if you're at an airport and you, you turn it on, you're trying to, and it says, oh, here's free JetBlue Wi-Fi. Oh, I love JetBlue. JetBlue has never made Wi-Fi available, okay? But that 
signal has been out there. People will just create names they think people will log into. Um, you know, if you're at a Hilton hotel and you see free Hilton, it's not Hilton. That's not what they call their network. Um, so make sure you know. Ask the barista. Ask the um the, the, the person at the front desk at the hotel, what is the name of the network that you have set up that's the legitimate one for me to use? So now you know which one to connect to. Then the other thing is, and this is not optional, as soon as you log into the network, initiate, you know, use the VPN, encrypt your signal. Um, is this risk-free? Absolutely nothing is risk-free, but um, um, if this is going to be a little bit more risky than using the carrier signal, uh, but it, you're, you're taking reasonable precautions to do what you can in light of the circumstances to be as secure as you can. So those are two key things to think about. Some other things, you know, don't leave devices on and accessible. If you step away to uh, and you have a conversation with somebody, if you're outside working around a pool on vacation, trying to just get a little sun and, you know, don't leave your laptop on. Uh, it, it's some table un, unwatched, you know, have it automatically time out and log off or you know in 10 minutes whatever it might be uh, if you want to run down to dinner in your hotel room you know again log out or better yet you know just turn the thing off till you get back up there um, but take some steps again it's all about making sure that we don't want to make it easy for others to, to get into our systems so there's a couple of things to think about in terms of vacations and, and travel Next, that's kind of, I'm thinking about the, the move here and, you know, stepping in. And, and my big concern, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm using this as a parallel or a corollary to, you know, the work from home struggles and, and the, that transition. Um, my immediate concern was the router. You know, I have the instructions here. They say the, the username is admin. Okay, that's the default. Oh, a lot of them are named admin. Uh, the, the password that they had set up was easy to guess. And just, you know, and you look and say, okay, and I don't know what they've done with the settings. Um, and so I, th that's completely unacceptable. I cannot and would not put myself at risk using that signal, let alone Alps. Now, you know, I may be a little crazy at times. I don't know, but um, I kept my new router, my personal router, I had that with me. Now, I don't travel with a router all the time, although if I'm going to start traveling and then may stay foot for a couple of weeks somewhere, uh, I actually might start doing that. I, I'm, I'm very sincere in saying that. But um, I, I'm able to trust the signal and be far more secure. I'm not suggesting now, again, that you take routers with you when you travel, but I am suggesting, hey, in, in your home, if you've not thought about this and taken steps to secure your router, now is the time. Um, there are all kinds of exposures uh, that can come into play here. Um, and the purpose of this talk is not to really explore all that, but it's just to say you need to do something. So let me go through, I, I have a short list here of things uh, uh, from an article I wrote about this, but I, I want to talk about some of the basics. Uh, you need to 
understand that the usernames and passwords, uh, the default ones, are uh, available on the internet. They're often standards um, and they need to be changed. So again, think about the complex password. You know, that's have a very complex uh, password for the router and that's changed the username from admin to something um, that is uh, a, a bit more unique to you. Uh, change the network SSID, again, the name of the network. Uh, every router comes with the default name, um, and that has to be changed to something that's unique to you. But don't make it something that's obvious as to who you are. You know, Mark at, at um, you know, 2022 Front Street, uh, you know, th the neighbors all know, hey, that signals Mark. And, you know, you, you, no, you, you, you want to make it. I don't know who this is kind of stuff, okay? Um, set up a guest network in your home um, with its own network name and uh, a unique password uh, so that guests have access to a network. Um, you know, I trust our kids. They're all good kids. They're all adults. Um, you know, we're empty nesters. But, uh, you know, when they come home, none of them are allowed on the home network because it's used for work and there's a lot of you know it's personal information I, I, it's, I don't want to expose my stuff to their and vice versa but you know if they're doing something they shouldn't be doing on the network um, you know, I, I saw so separate um, it's I, I just strongly encourage you to do that because you know when when kids come into the home and friends of your kids come into the home um, and they're gaming and doing all kinds of things if they're on your network that is um, you know that your work computer and your personal devices and everything's on you're risking you know they they bring this new level of exposure that we're not necessarily thinking about block that set up a separate network uh, if the firmware version of your router isn't current update to the most current version available it, it's all about security patches um, they routers need to be updated as well if it's an auto update option you know check that to make sure um, if you can't tell or it looks like there's been no update even released in the last 12 to 18 months throw out that router and get a new one and i'm not kidding around you know, these routers need to be able to be updated automatically and the updates, a lot of routers, they stop up. You know, I had an older router and it was two years out of date before I finally realized I'm going, well, that's not good. Uh, so get rid of it and, and get something current. Confirm that the network authentication method and what we're talking about is in the encryption uh, that uh, is the router's using is set to WPA2 personal or even better WPA3 personal personal excuse me if that option is available now, WPA3 is simply just more secure if neither option WPA2 or WPA3 is available on the router it's old toss it Get a new one, not kidding. Uh, and finally, turn off universal plug and play. Uh, that's sort of the functionality that makes it very easy to connect new Internet of Thing devices and, and whatnot around the house. Um, I know that it makes connecting new devices when you introduce them to the home uh, a little less convenient. 
but leaving it on provides hackers easy access and uh, you know that's just not acceptable um, I mean if you want to do that in your own life and, and nothing in your home is connected to the office network or you're doing nothing for work okay I have at it I guess but when we are using devices the network for work that's got to be turned off um, it's that access avenue, uh, for lack of a better description, has been used even to uh, insert uh, programs like um, uh, banking trojans that try to capture your uh, login credentials to your bank account or to your uh, um, 401k. Um, not good. So we need to, to uh, address that. Um, set up a defined workspace. You know, I like, I think it, it, part of this is a wellness thing for me. Part of it is uh, just establishing boundaries in a home, perhaps with children. Um, but having a defined workspace uh, that you can enter and exit from uh, and others uh, can be um, learned to, to respect can be a huge difference. Uh, no device sharing. Absolutely no device sharing confidentiality isn't in play and there's no pandemic exception you know if you are using devices work computers um, personal computers for work um, you know smart everything uh, the kids family if they are not members of your firm cannot and should not be on these devices and the final thing that I want to talk about is just behavior in general and there's really been a couple of interesting studies of late looking at this in terms of uh, some security studies looking at behavior and I find it absolutely fascinating and part of it has occurred because of this you know massive work from home thing but it's true whether uh, you know it, this has been true pre-pandemic and it's going to stay true post-pandemic uh, vacations and when we use our own devices as opposed to a work-controlled device, a work-issued device. And when we are outside of a formal office setting, whether it's vacation, at home, etc., we actually, in terms of it just seems to be inherent to the human race, I guess, but we seem to be inherently less vigilant, less diligent. Um, we just get far more casual so we are more easily tricked into or you know falling prey for a phishing attack uh, we're uh, clicking on something we shouldn't be clicking on uh, not just paying attention not turning things off uh, sharing devices we just get very very casual we can't stay sharp think before you click don't get too comfortable with the casualness. Um, don't get too comfortable with this new normal. I understand that for many of us, as an example, we had to transition very quickly to a work from home setting. And it was about making sure the tech works so that we keep moving forward as best as we could. And little thought was given to the security side of this. And then we get comfortable with it. And we don't even think about it. That's what I'm trying to address uh, in part with this, in, in, in terms of work from home, uh, with this. But I, I want you to think about it in all aspects. It's not just the pandemic. It's not just working from home. It's when we're traveling, when we're on vacation. 
we need to stay vigilant and we need to periodically just take a few minutes and sit down and think, wait, is this a responsible thing to do? Wait, have I taken all the steps that I should have taken earlier on or I should be taking now? I, I certainly haven't covered everything that you can do, but these are key things and important things and basic things that I think we should all be thinking about and it should be on your radar. So that's it. I, I hope you found something of value out of this uh, short discussion. Um, I encourage you, if you have any concerns or questions, uh, something I might be able to help with, please don't hesitate to reach out. My email address is mbass, M-B-A-S-S, at alpsinsurance, one word, A-L-P-S, insurance.com. So alpsinsurance.com, mbass at alpsinsurance.com. You do not need to be an Alps insured to visit with me. If there's something I can do, hey, if someone reaches out and I'm able to do something that might prevent just one hack, one breach, that's a great day. So that's it, folks. Hey, have a good one. God bless.